You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fansided for Pro Football Weekly. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. We're on Spotify. Wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. And if, if you go somewhere and can't find us, if you somehow you found the website, or you saw a tweet and you can't find us on the service you use, let me know and I will make sure that we get there. We have arrived at training camp week. We're not quite there yet. We don't officially have practices to talk about, but we will this very week. The 26th is when training camp will open for the Green Bay Packers and there will be a lot decided over the next few weeks. There aren't that many open spots on this roster. And that makes it less interesting than it would be in other years for some teams maybe, but not this team because it's not so much about the spots that are going to be won in terms of who's on the 53-man roster, but there are a lot of questions and a lot of things to be decided in terms of role, in terms of quality, of, of player talent, and so those are those are discussions that we're going to have a lot of over the next few weeks as these receivers battle for time, as these cornerbacks jockey for position, the offensive line rotation shakes out, the defensive line rotation shakes out, how much how much playing time and and where is Oren Burks playing, the running back rotation. I mean there there's a lot up for grabs here. But we're going to talk about two things in particular today. We didn't get to a discussion of the safeties that I promised to get to last week. We ran out of time. And then I want to talk about the running game and some comments that Jimmy Graham made about how good this run game can be and why it's particularly interesting that Graham made these comments given the fact that he is not a big part of any running game, but why you should perhaps rethink Graham's potential impact on the run game and vice versa. But let's start with the safeties because... There was a discussion on Twitter last week about whether or not Green Bay will or should bring in safeties. And this is this is something that we've discussed on this show. And I have said flatly, there are guys out there, Trey Boston, Kenny Vaccaro, Eric Reed, who would make this team better. And th- there is there is this erroneous notion out there. That because Green Bay has HaHa Clinton Dix and Josh Jones, that they shouldn't sign a starting caliber safety. And to that I say, what are you talking about? Why would you not? More talent is better than less talent. And Kentrell Bryce, as intriguing a physical talent as he can be, doesn't seem to have a clue how to play the game is an inconsistent finisher and not much of an impact player overall just because he's young. And this is this is a trap that fans and, and media people fall into all the time. And frankly, teams fall into this trap. They say, well, we don't know what this player is. And they fall into this trap of potential. And they say, well, 
What could he be? We don't know. And this unknown becomes somehow inflammatory to the value of that player. Why should we value the unknown in a case like this? But when we're talking about NFL football players, mystery is not a value. Okay? You, there, the potential of an idea has no inherent value. We know those guys, the names I just mentioned, they can play. And the idea that, oh, well, they're not this kind of safety or they're not that kind of safety or they can't do this or they can't do that. Cool. I don't care. They're better football players than Kentrell Bryce. And we know that. We know that because we've seen them play and we've seen Bryce play. And we don't know what Josh Jones is. I love his talent. I love his ability. And the upside is absolutely there. I think he and Clinton Dix will both be better in Mike Pettin's defense, but we don't know. We don't. And so to say, well, we're set there, talking about the Packers, is just not true. They're not. Clinton Dix went to the Pro Bowl in 2016 and was not very good last year. Josh Jones was very inconsistent last year, and Bryce is, uh, is he's nothing right now. I wouldn't trust him to, to take starter-level snaps. And given how often Mike Pettin wants to play multiple safeties, or likes to do that when he has the personnel to do it, why wouldn't you do that? Now, there is a difference between what a team should do and what a team will do. And I don't believe that the Green Bay Packers will sign any of these free agent safeties, though I think they should, short of an injury. Even an injury to Bryce, I think, could be enough of an an inciting incident to get them to dip into the free agent market at the safety position. And maybe Eric Reed is is not something that they can stomach with his past with the Colin Kaepernick protests. I don't I don't know, that's not my position. But maybe that is their position and and maybe it is true that Reed is suffering from the Colin Kaepernick black ball fallout. Maybe it's true that despite the fact that he has said he will stand for the anthem this year, he cannot get a job in the NFL right now because of his connection to those protests. Now, the fact that there are two other quality starting level safeties on the market suggests that there's really just a depressed safety market. I don't know why that would be. I don't know how Brian Gudikins could look at this roster and say, yeah, we're good here. These, these guys that are out there, they can't help us. Maybe the, maybe the better option is to wait and, and see what you get. And if those guys don't look ready, if they don't look, if they're not healthy, you, you sign someone. I don't know why you wouldn't get them now and get them in training camp to get accustomed to this defense. But I do not believe Green Bay will do that. I think it's a risk worth taking. I think they should. I think it makes them better. And that is the only thing that matters. Does this player fit? Uh, That matters a little bit. Mike Patton has shown uh, the ability to be adaptable to the player's talent that he has. And so I I worry less about that. Bring me a guy I know can play football. I don't know if Kentrell Bryce can play football. I know Eric Reed can play. I know Kenny Vaccaro can play. I know Trey Boston can play. And so I don't understand the argument for not bringing in those players. I don't. 
oh, we don't need a starter. Who cares? Then let him be a backup. Oh, well, they won't They won't sign for that money. Do you, does it look like they have a choice? They're unemployed. Employment is better than unemployment. They don't have a bargaining position from which to work. How are they going? How are they going to say, "Oh, well, you have to pay me X, or I'm not playing." Cool, then you're not playing. I don't see the offers being thrown around for your services. So why don't you come in? You play on a one-year minimum deal, and we'll figure it out. I, this is a Super Bowl team. So what are you waiting for? This it's not like this is the the Bengals, and you're going to come in and play for them for a year as a backup. No, come in. Compete for a starting job, compete for playing time, and give yourself a chance to go win the Lombardi Trophy. This isn't rocket science. And speaking of rocket science, if you're having trouble achieving liftoff, I have just the thing for you. I've told you about it in the past. It is BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness, no meeting your neighbor at the mailbox. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's blue like the color blue, B-L-U-E, Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring Locked On Packers. Now, Jimmy Graham made some interesting comments this week uh, about the run game. And they're interesting for a number of reasons. The first is that, that Jimmy Graham is not a blocker and has never been a blocker. And so his impact on the run game in a direct sort of way is marginal at best. Especially as an inline player, he is not going to have a big impact on your run game. But he said that he thinks these young running backs are really talented, something that if you can see before the pads come on, I think that says a lot. Now, running backs, before there's hitting, before there's real offensive linemen, all you can look at is feel and athletic talent. And so in pads, that is when you find out, okay, can they read holes? Can they run physically through contact? Do they play with balance? There's a lot of things that you just can't tell in OTAs and minicamps because there's no hitting. There's no pads. But I don't want to undersell what he's saying about this run game for for this reason in particular. Jimmy Graham's arrival may not have seemed like a big impact on the running game. And in a lot of ways, you could say that He's a bad blocker, so that creates a problem for the Packers in the run game because at least Richard Rodgers could get in the way of some people. He was a bad blocker too and and gave the Packers much less in the passing game. But here's the thing. If Green Bay wanted to go to a two-receiver set, so it's just Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb out there, let's say, that means they're either playing 
with two tight ends or they're playing with a tight end and a fullback. There's a couple different ways that they could go about it. But those are run formations. If you take Jimmy Graham and you split him out wide, what you've done, regardless of whether the other guy is a fullback or a tight end, is you have now forced the defense to take a player who may have otherwise been in the box to stop the run, and now he's got to go deal with Jimmy Graham. If you put Jimmy Graham on the line of scrimmage in that exact same formation, the defense can now load the box. Because even if it's a pass, even if Jimmy Graham is going to go run around, by putting him on the line of scrimmage, you've made it easier to defend because all of your defenders can now be in one place too. Obviously, that makes it suboptimal if you want to run the ball. But if you just split him out, just get him away from the line of scrimmage, now you force the defense to spread out too, and it is more difficult to defend the run. Just his presence out there affects the running game in a material way, in a positive way. Now you bring on Mercedes Lewis, the best run-blocking tight end in football last year and one of the best in the game over the course of his career. Now what you can do is is you can play two tight ends. Same rule applies. You want to play two tight ends and two receivers with a running back in the backfield. Now you split Jimmy Graham out. Defense has to account for him there. You have Mercedes Lewis on the line of scrimmage, and now he can win his matchup against anyone you put in front of him. I mean, there was a cut-up going around of him, Ben Fennell, I think, posted it, handling defensive ends and good ones. Now, he, on a down-to-down basis, that's not something you want him doing, but it's something he can do, something he's capable of doing. Just Graham's presence on the field can improve this running game. But with Lewis, you're adding an elite blocker and you're beating the defense in two ways because you have a mismatch in the passing game with Graham on whoever they put on him. That guy is now out of the box and he's not out of the run play. He's not out of it defensively, but it's it's become more difficult for him to defend any potential run. And you have Lewis who is a plus blocker who can create bigger opportunities, bigger lanes, better lanes for your running game. So yes, Graham on his own was an advantage, but not not a total advantage because you're still dealing with hat-on-a-hat type situations and you got a fullback. Aaron Ripkowski is not a, a terrific blocker. He is not, he is not a road-grading fullback. And if you, if you are going to play with three receivers in Jimmy Graham, now you've spread the field and you've spread the defense out even more and you've put them in sub-package. And even though Jimmy Graham's not going to block anybody, now there may only be five or six guys at the line of scrimmage. And your offensive linemen, you you go hat for hat. And on almost every running play, what happens is your running back is in a position he has to make one man miss. The number one trait that you look for in a running back is can he make a man miss in the hole? At the point, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to beat someone. And can you beat your guy? Aaron Jones. He did this constantly last year. I mean, in that Saints game, they couldn't tackle him. He, he turned one-yard gains into 5, 6, 8, 10, 12 on a consistent 
basis. It is his best attribute. He doesn't have to be LaShawn McCoy. He doesn't have to be Barry Sanders. Just a little move. Sometimes it's very subtle. You just take an angle away. So Green Bay can play big and create an advantage or play small and create an advantage. And this is all with Jimmy Graham on the field, who is a minus blocker. So you can laugh at Graham lauding this run game, despite the fact that he's not going to be the one blocking for it. He doesn't have to be. There's this, there's this great notion in basketball, and it's something that, that became very apparent when Steph Curry was, was coming into his apex. And there is a defensive gravity that exists in defending the Warriors with Steph Curry on the floor because you, you can't help off Steph. And you have to pick him up 30 feet from the basket. That tilts the axis of your defense. You have to defend them differently than anyone else. And he he sucks defenders toward him. Everyone is worried about Steph at all times because he can take and make from anywhere. Jimmy Graham is that dude. Even at his age, he's not that old, by the way. He is a gravity player. Teams have to know where he is at all times because he is a walking mismatch. And then you look at what Devontae Adams can do, his ability to consistently get open and beat people down the field, underneath, wherever you need him to. You've got another gravity player. And so if you have to help, if you have to be worried about where Jimmy Graham is, you're less worried about where the running back is. If you're worried about Jimmy Graham getting down the seam, maybe you react differently to the run game. Maybe you're a second or a half second late to diagnose the run because you're focused on where number 80 is. And it works in reverse because then now you go play action, the most efficient play in the game. And Rodgers is deadly off play action because he has become so, this is a subtle thing. He is an excellent ball faker. Don't laugh. Seriously. He has worked on his fakes. There's, if you go back and watch him in 2008, 2009, even before that, 2000, 2007, the game that he got in, nowhere near where he is now. He, is, he has done the Steph Curry and worked on his ball handling. Seriously. And now those safeties, they, if they do have to worry about Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams or Ty Montgomery, and they freeze, now you've got opportunities and windows down the field. You've got throwing lanes, and you've got defenders flat-footed for Aaron Rodgers to simply pick apart. There is a symbiotic relationship between Jimmy Graham and the run game because of what he can do gravitationally to a defense. I talk a lot about the geometry of an offense. Jimmy Graham can change the geometry of this offense because of what he can do as a mismatch player. And not just in the way that I normally talk about it, where I want every every part of the field to have someone who can attack it. Because I think Graham can attack in a lot of different parts of the field. And what the Packers do lack is a true deep threat. And so the geometry of their offense in that way is a little bit off. But the geometry does not always have to be the same. Every player can affect the shape of an offense in a different way. And what Jimmy Graham does is affect the defense 
in a way that specifically, because he's a tight end, in a way that a receiver couldn't do. Jordy Nelson doesn't affect defenses this way because most teams, because of Graham's size, have to put a linebacker or a safety on him. Corners are not run defenders by trade. So if you're playing in sub package, you're already at an advantage as an offense. If you're going out there three and four receivers and running the ball, you have an offense, or you have an advantage size-wise. And that's the nature of the game. And more teams should take advantage of that. Green Bay is excellent at taking advantage of that. Rodgers is terrific at getting his team in the right offensive sets, given what the defense is giving them. But what Graham does, you split Graham out. They don't have a corner on him. They have to take a big body, a bigger body, a run-defending body, and put him on Jimmy Graham. And now it's like they've gone to a sub-package when they haven't had to. That advantage ratchets up when you have Mercedes Lewis in the game because now you're in base personnel. They're probably in a base defensive personnel. And now you are you have them at your mercy because Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis are both passing weapons. And they are both mismatched players against linebackers, can both be mismatched players against safeties because of their size and athletic gifts. The passing game and the running game work in conjunction with one another. And Green Bay, perhaps at, at no time in the Aaron Rodgers era, have they had a better opportunity to have that balance because of their personnel, to have this complementary relationship, run game to passing game, because of the personnel that they have with Jimmy Graham primarily, and then you add in the added versatility of Mercedes Lewis, and this team has scary potential offensively to be balanced and multiple, adaptable, and if they execute, pretty close to unstoppable. All right, we're going to have one more show before camp opens on the 26th. That's the Wednesday show. We will get a show Wednesday. We will get a show Thursday. And we will get a show Friday. We're going to have four shows this week, training camp week. We'll have four shows next week as well as training camp ramps up. And then it's going to be time to play exhibition football before you know it. It's not, it's not real NFL football, but it's not, it's not fake NFL football either. It's somewhere in between, especially week one, because we'll, we'll probably see no Rodgers, no Adams, no Matthews, no Perry, maybe no Bakhtiari. They're going to they're gonna protect these guys. On Wednesday, we're going to dive in a little bit deeper to some of these training camp battles, some of the position battles that we talked about. There's a lot to get after. So we're not going to be able to get to every single interesting storyline. As we head into training camp, we're going to hit the top couple. And then we're going to work through it as we go. Because storylines will arise, new ones. There could be variations on a theme. And so we need to be adaptable, just like Mike Patton's defense, just like this offense with multiple tight ends. We have to adapt. We have to grow. Remember, on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski, you can ask me questions. I think... We are going to go to a phone line. We are gonna, I'm going to create one. I'll give you that number. You can call in, leave messages, ask questions. I will play them on air, answer them, and, and I'll try and do that um, at, at least once a week, maybe multiple times per week, depending on how many good questions I get. The more questions I get, the more often we can do them. Um, it would be great if we could do it once a show. 
but that'll be based on the quality of the questions, the number of questions, all those things. So we'll ease our way into it. We'll start with once a week and then see where it goes from there. Remember, acmepackingcompany.com for the latest training camp updates, details on the Aaron Rodgers situation. All of that is there at Fansided, Pro Football Weekly. I just did a piece on Jamel Hill and her future plans, ESPN analyst. Got a chance to talk to her over the weekend at Ozzy Fest, so go ahead and and check that out. That is a shameless plug for some of my non-NFL-specific work, but she's a fascinating person to talk to. I highly recommend that conversation as well. We're going to be back on Wednesday, and then Thursday and Friday. Four shows this week as we head toward training camp. All the best information for you so you can stay up to date on everything for your favorite team. Everything so you can stay locked on. Packed.